0: Zuckem mission ax is a mood to gore other oxen but not other types of animals, or if it's a mood to gore people but not for animals, or for small animals not for large animals. If the animal damages the class that it's a mood for, the owner has to pay full damages. If it damages another class, the only have to pay only half damages. They asked Rabbi Yehuda, what would be the answer I'll be huddle, be that laugh for animal that is a mood to gore on shabbas but not during the week, he said. If it gores on Shabbas, the only has to pay mezhik nezak shalom. If it gores during the week, khati nazak. This animal can go back to being a time when it goes by three shabbosses without goring. Zakmar Razvid said the mission should be read as saying an ox that is a mood to gore other oxen, but not other types of animals, meaning the mission is giving the circumstances of the case. Rav Papa said the mission should be read as saying an ox that is a muat to gore other oxen is not a mood for other types of animals, meaning the Mishnah is giving a ruling. According to Rav the mission is saying that the ox is not a muad for animals because we know it to be so. But if we didn't know, it would be a muad for everything. According to Rapapa, if we don't know it to be a muad for other animals, it's not a mood for other animals. Ravsvid learns this from the end of the mission where it says that an animal that is a muad to gore small animals is not a mood to gore large large animals. According to Rav Zvid, this would mean that it is known not to be a muad to gore large animals. The chiddush is that if, it, uh, that if that was not known, we would assume that it's a mu'id for large animals, which is a chiddush because an animal would be more easily gore a small animal than a large animal and would therefore not automatically be a muid for large animals. However, according to Rav Papa, the Mishnah is ruling that an animal that is a mu'ed to gore small animals is not a mu'ed to gore large animals. i' that's pshita. Rather, says, Rav Zvid's understanding must be the correct one. Papa would say that it's not obvious because we would think that once it's established, it's a move for a particular type of animal, it's a move for all sizes of that animal. Our papa learns his, his view from an earlier part of the mission where it said, that an animal that is a mood for people is not a mood for animals. According to Rav Papa, this is this is issuing a ruling that being a mood for people does not make the animal a mood for animals, which is the chiddush. However, according to Rav this means that if he is a known mood to people, we assume it is also a mood for animals. Now, this is unnecessary to say because we already said that being a mood for one type of animal creates an assumption of mood for all types of animals. So surely, being a mood for a person will make the animal a mood for all animals. Rather, Rav Papa's understanding must be the correct one. Rav would say that the case the mission refers to, where the animal was a mood for people and for animals, and then it walked by three animals without goring, in which case it becomes a time for animals again, but remains a mood for people. We would have thought that since it remains a mood for people, it should also remain a mood for animals. Mission therefore teaches that it has effectively reverted to a time for animals, although it remains a mood for people. According to Zvid, the result is that an animal that is a mood for people is assumed to be a mood for animals as well. However, Bryce says that, says that a mood for people is a mood for animals based on a kal If it's a mood for people who have mazel, and surely it's a mood for animals who don't have mazel. Now, if Sumcha says this way, it must be it must mean that the Rabban argues and say not like him, which means that Rav Zvid is arguing. on the Rabban, if the will say that Sumcha is speaking about a case of an animal reverting back to being a tam while remaining a mood for people, it's about that case that the say it can revert even if only for animals. The Sumcha say it cannot. However, all may agree that a mood for people is assumed to be a muid for animals as well. Ravashi said we can bring a proof for the view of R' In our mission of Tamidim asked Rabbi Yehuda regarding an animal that is a mood to go on Shabbos but not to go during the week. According to his the Tamidim were giving the circumstances and we're and we're asking for halachic ruling. However, according to the way our Papa understands the rest of the mission, the Tamidim would be giving an issuing but issue a ruling to their Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda. Also, how would we don't understand the answer of Yehuda? Therefore, must be understanding is correct. Rav Yana said we can also bring a proof from earlier in the mission. The mission says that if it damages the class, that it is a mood for, it pays full damages. If it damages another class, it pays half damages. Now, according to Rav Zvid, the Mishnah first gave the circumstances and now giving the ruling. However, according to our Papa, the Mishnah already gave the ruling, so why is it repeating it now? You can't say that now it means to give the ruling in terms of level of payment, because it has been well established that a mood pays full damages and a Tom pays half damages. Again, it must be that this understanding is the correct one. Even if we want to say like our papa that a mood for one animal is not assumed to be a mood for another type of animal, if an animal gored an ox, then a donkey, then a camel, it becomes a mood for all the animals. So, tomorrow, Bryce says if an ox saw another ox and gored it, saw a second ox and did not gore it. So, so a third, it did gore. Fourth, did not. Fifth, it gored again. Sixth, it did not. It becomes a muid to gore every second ox. A bride says, if an ox saw another ox and gored it, then saw a donkey and did not gore it. Saw so a horse and it gored it. Saw so a, a camel did not do so. Saw so a mule, it did gore it. Then saw so a wild donkey, did not gore it. It becomes a mood to gore every second animal of any type. In fact, what's of of an ox gored an ox, a second ox, a third ox, and then a donkey and then a camel? Do we say the third ox completes it being a muid for oxen and it's not a muid for anything else? Or do we say that the third ox is included in the group of, for the last three animals and therefore makes the goring ox a muid for all animals? Second question, what about if the ox gored a donkey, a camel, an ox, and then a second ox and a third ox? This would be the, the question just in the reverse. Third question, what if the ox gored on Shabbos and the following Shabbos and the third Shabbos and then right away on Sunday and Monday? Does the last Shabbos get grouped with the first two Shabbos, only becomes a muid for Shabbos, or does it get grouped with Sunday and Monday, they become, thereby become a muid for all days? What about, in fact, my fourth question, when it gored on Thursday, Friday and Shabbos and then the following Shabbos and the third Shabbos? This would be the previous question just in the reverse. All these questions, if an axcore on the fifteenth of the month, the sixteenth of the next month, and the seventeenth of the third month, there will be Machleut in Raven Schmuck. We find that regarding uh, setting a pattern for purposes of need the Rav says that a woman who saw blood on the 15th of this month the 16th of the next and 17th of the third month is considered to have set a pattern Shmuel says that in order to set a pattern we'd have to see blood again on the 18th of the following month meaning you have to have three periods of a month and a day in between presumably the same be regarding the, uh, regarding an ox as well Rav said if an ox heard a shayfer and it gored heard it a second time gored again heard it a third time gored again the ox becomes a mood to gore when it hears a shayfer we were thinking maybe the first shayfer that it heard it, it gored because it got skinned. And doesn't really, therefore, won't uh, attribute it to becoming a muid. rather therefore teaches that it does count for purposes of making it a muid. Zak, the mission of an axe of a yid gors an axe of hegdish or vice versa. The owner is potter based on the pasuk's use of the term sharei ayu, which would dash to exclude a share of hegdish. If the axe of a yid gores the axe of a guy, he's potter. If the axe of a guy gores the axe of a yid, whether the guy's axe is a tam or a muad, the owner must pay full damages. Zak, the gemar, the mission doesn't follow Rav who says in the bray that if an axe of hegdish gors, it's potter, but if an axe of a yid gors the axe of hegdish, actually has to pay nezek shalom, even if it's a tam. In fact, what's the reasoning behind Ben if he, he dashes then the it should be potter. When his ox scores Hagish. If he doesn't dash it, then even Hegdish should be chayef. If you say he dashes it but says that a yid must pay when his ox scores hedge based on a of Chaymer, if he pays when he gores another yid, he surely has to pay when he goes hegdish. Then he should say that he should only have to pay half damage when he's a time because it of the concept of Daya. said, for all cases of damages, the mazik must pay full damages. The puzzle comes along and creates a leniency that for a time the mazik only pays half damages. However, this leniency is written in the terms of reeu and therefore teaches that leniency only applies when the time goes another uh, the act of another year, not when it gores the, yid, uh, the ox of Hegdash. If Reayu Meant to fully exempt any uh, payment to Hegdish the word should have been written regarding an ox that is a muid. since it was written regarding a tam we learn that it only applies to the halacha of a tam